0: and not in attending the one right church. Let's get started. Hey Scott, how you doing? Good, good. We've got a guest here again. Yes, we do. We could, we could
1: uh, make a habit out of that.
0: And we could. In fact, we've got a long distance guest all the way from Idaho. We have, uh, Laren Eels. So it's okay. good to be good Welcome, to have you Laren. here, Laren.
2: Thank you. It's good to be here. I do want to
1: say that uh, this is. This is weird because we do this every week, right? Right. But I met Laren before I ever met you. I know. And <laughs> I mean, he was... Uh, so what you all are about to hear, I heard parts of it, you know, several years ago before yeah. I, I ever met Mark. So this is kind of... This can be fun for me to hear it again. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a circle. Yeah. Yeah, it is, isn't it?
0: To. Yes. Yeah. So Laren, you just tell us a little bit about... Um, you, you went... To the Followers of Christ Church in Idaho? and
2: Yes, particularly we would have said the Followers of Christ Idaho at the Lake Lowell. Um, there's a bit of a difference there, and we'll kind of go over, go over that, but um, just for background, um, my name is Laren Ills, and I was born in 1967. I think that's a no no here, of given our ages out, but <laughs> um, yes, in 1967 to Cedric Ills, Cedric and Marilyn. And uh, her maiden name was Bigley. Okay. So that was a familiar name, I think, over here mm-hmm. in Oregon City also. Um, but yes, I grew up at, at what was known as the Lake Church. and uh, um, so were there several?
1: So there must be like a bunch.
2: Yes. So there in Idaho, kind of a little bit uh, north of us, was a, a place called Peekaboo, which people would probably associate it with like the... Uh, Haley and Sun Valley area, oh, a yeah. large ski resort. okay um, A lot of rich people there. but yeah. uh, anyway, so there was that church. It was a small church, but it was there. And then the largest church was in Boise, which okay. is the capital there at Idaho, and uh, kind of the, the, the southwest part of Idaho. And then um, there was a small church up in the hill country called Cambridge, and it was okay. a, that was the city's name. Cambridge, Idaho, but then there was
0: the Lake Lowell Church, and uh... so just before you go on with it, this is interesting to me because this is new information to me. Even okay, I, like to me it was just Idaho, and I, I would have to look back. I couldn't tell you which one of those churches that my family came from. I, I don't know when they well, came to Oregon.
1: I mean, it may have been. My guess is, if it's like all the other churches that I know, we're probably together, and at some point, like
2: boop boop boop, split or people moved away or something. They was together somewhat. Okay, um, ideology was the same. There was a there was quite a difference in culture because, like I said, we had the Sun Valley oh, Haley hmm. Peekaboo group, um, the Baldwin family, the Porters. The Baldwins were into real estate, different stuff like that. They was it okay. was bigger money mm-hmm. versus. Let's take like the the Lake Church and the Cambridge Church. We was more uh, poor um, agricultural type people, very rural. Um, You know, the the men come to church a lot of times. I remember the elderly men in their bib overalls, Mm -hmm. you know, and not a suit and a tie. Nice, that was their suit.
0: Right? Did each church have its own leadership, or did they travel around? So at first
2: it was a little different you know like when i was uh, actually before before my that i was born it was a little bit different there was the lake church which previously was called the cozy basin church and it was just much smaller it become old dilapidated outgrown and so then they moved just a few miles north and built the lake church in the 50s and then of course i didn't come till 67 well
1: yeah, I am just going to say they have a lot better names in Idaho than you've got here in Oregon City. I mean yeah. Oregon City, I mean how boring is that. Yeah. I I love the Peekaboo and the little basins and all <laughs> right. the things. That's great. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so and the he, culture though was based on demographic really stuff really not yeah. nothing religious about the culture.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would say I would say nothing religious about it, but so before that I was born, so like in my dad's generation, there was you know, the the pastor leader there, his name was John Eels. Okay. Um, and he was very, um, just a quiet personality, very gentle, very pastoral. And uh, anyways, and so so the people loved him much. And, hmm. uh, and then, you know, to the other churches, at least the Boise and the Peekaboo, that is the Boise churches where Walter came from. So Walter and I believe it was his uncle George. Yeah, they they kind of controlled and ran that that part of it between Peekaboo and Boise. Okay, but maybe in about the '60s, I think somewhere early '60s, maybe late '50s, there was a man by the name of Delbert Cunningham that was called to preach um, mm. through Walter. I mean, no, through George White. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyways. And for the lake, we kind of adopted him after that John Eels had passed away. He kind of became our guy. But he was still from Boise. And, uh, but then once that John Eels had passed away, um, the leadership at Cambridge had also passed away. And uh, so then they began a circuit. Okay. So we had George White. We had Vern Baldwin, Delbert Cunningham, and Donnie Baldwin, which was mm-hmm. the son of Vern. And uh, anyways, and so they would make a circuit each month. First okay. Sunday was at Peekaboo. Second Sunday was at Boise. Third Sunday was at the Lake. Fourth Sunday at Cambridge. And, okay.
0: Uh, so they coexisted fairly yes, well then. Right.
1: Okay. And that was, that was after Walter then had moved to Oregon City.
2: That was after Walter yeah, had moved, okay. yes. Yeah. Because I think Walter came here in the... 40s or 50s, maybe? Maybe the 50s early? No, it was
0: earlier than that. It as was, far as permanent? I think it
2: was in the 40s. Okay. Wow. okay. Yeah. My yeah. dad was born in 1942, and so mm-hmm. I think you're probably right. Yeah. He remembered as a boy having this certain friend, you know, that he'd grown up with, and they had always run and play after church and everything. And then next Sunday, he just wasn't there. Yeah. And at his age, he didn't understand there was a big problem or anything like that. Yeah. He just knew his friend was gone. And uh, um, anyway, so yes, they they went on a circuit, and for a lot of years there was uh, hesitation about accepting them as as true uh, leaders of the church because that, as Walter would have probably been part of this, but we had an end of time prophecy also that the world was going to come to an end in 1940. You did. And, okay. Anyways, and so much of the church bought into it, mm-hmm. um, and we know that that was the case because the, you know, people took on big mortgages and stuff and bought new cars and different things like that with the idea that the Lord is coming and we're not going to have to finish the, you know, the payments on these or such like right. that. So then when it didn't happen, there was, there was quite a bit of devastation there uh, financially. And, but John Ills the one that was there at Cozy Basin later to the Lake Lowell Church, he had rejected it all along, you know, just stating that we don't know these things and and we can't trust in these, you know, prophecies of end time. Mm. And uh, so he withheld, and so he was kind of blacklisted by a lot of the people. And even some of the people there that, like my grandfather, Paul Eels, he had bought into it and said, yes, this is going to be the case. Uh, My aunt, they named her Dolly, because she was just going to be like a little doll when the Lord come again, and uh, wow, and so then when He didn't come, you know, there was all this this uh, discouragement, frustration, um, and such like that. And part of it, you know, a lot of the people that kind of maybe stepped away from it after it didn't happen, um, their their confidence then was no longer in the George White Vern Baldwin. Mm-hmm. And them. And so that's
0: where they were the ones who, who was it who had this end time prophecy?
2: You know, I don't think that I actually have that name. Okay. Um, okay. One spoke and the other and he spoke in tongues, the other translated. Mm. And so who knows what was said? You know, I mean, right. you know, mm. it, yeah. And, okay. and that's sometimes where we get when we go down the, the charismatic road, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. like what was said, we don't know. But yeah. uh, anyway, so there was, there was, a time there that there was no confidence in them. They would continue to come on that circuit preaching, but nobody would receive them or be baptized by them. And, uh, and so about my dad's, in my dad's generation, um, I believe that he was like 19 when he was baptized. And uh, and he would have been one of the, you know, the first handful of people that actually accepted Delbert Cunningham as a true called man of God who was able to baptize, lay on the hands for the reception of the Holy Ghost and administer the the elements to us. And uh, anyways, and and it was even some of the parents were particularly not happy that their children were receiving this Delbert Cunningham, which then eventually led to where, okay, if Delbert Cunningham is coming from the school of George White and Vern Baldwin, They have to be okay. You know, the idea of um, if the root is good, the tree is good, type of a thing. Hmm. So they
1: kind of backed into those guys being okay again? Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. Well, I just, you know, I just have to say, I mean, talking about this, first of all, this sounds, again, very familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. But um, it's so interesting to me uh, that you know the history of your particular church and the other churches around you. I would say probably here. I don't know, there're half a dozen people maybe that know what life was like here in the 40s. There aren't even half a dozen. There might be one person right. or two people who know what life was like here at this particular church in the 1940s. Yeah. Uh, the fact that that, that story, those stories continue to be repeated and they you know they did for Oregon City too is really interesting to me because that does carry kind of strengthen the one right churchness of it, doesn't it?
0: it? It does because like you just said, the, if the root is good, then the tree is good. Right. It, it's, we, we were reinforcing what we believed was the root is really, I, I didn't hear Stuart. The, the reason maybe that people around here don't know is because their root, we're talking about Jesus and it's, it's an ongoing thing for us that wasn't it it was followers church history was the root and it it began there and it's it's why that just gets repeated over and over and over yeah. but yeah i find it interesting that um for me once it's once it's cut off like my generation we're already in oregon city all we knew was that idaho was bad and and it was just Idaho. That's why I didn't know there were four or five churches. I mean, I I knew of two after I became an adult. For me, it was just Idaho. Like it was Oklahoma, Idaho, Oregon City, and we were the only right church. Idaho Mm -hmm. was no longer, Oklahoma was no longer. So I'm curious how that, what was Idaho's perception of Oregon City? We've so, talked about this a little, yeah. so we're not going to get out of fisticuffs anything. right now. Okay.
2: <laughs> no, he's, he, I don't want no part of him in a fisticuff. <laughs> okay. Um, so I thought a lot about this question, you know, Idaho's perception of, of Oregon City. And I think it's, um, it's maybe lost a little bit on me. It would have been a question to ask the generation before me, mm, you know, because there was a lot of animosity at that time. Whenever that Walter left, uh, is my understanding. Actually, I know this, but. There was a lot of families that was divided, brothers against brothers, and and yeah. sisters, you know, mm. and even even to the degree that there was husbands and wives that were separated, that one or the other went to Idaho or state of Idaho, the other one went to Oregon City following Walter, wow. and so there was just a lot of tension way back in that day. Mm. Um, my mother, her oldest sister Ramona, who is Ramona Smith, yep. that I think has passed away here now, but. Not not too long ago, but, anyways, she she remembers her older sister as she, when she was just a very very small girl. My mom was, and and then she was just gone, and wow. and she never seen her again um, until late in life. But uh, uh, we didn't hear hardly anything about her. It was there was just no communication that came over the mountains to Idaho, and I and I understand that was on purpose, you know. Sure. Um, and nor do I think that there was probably much information coming back over this away. Mm. But, I mean, we would get a few updates from, from my grandma, Bigley. Uh, she apparently had a little bit of contact because we knew their, the names of the children, Bruce and Annette. And mm. uh, there's one more a boy. Curtis. Curtis. Yep. There's thank you. And uh, anyways, uh, I remember seeing family portraits of of the Bigley family. And so they would take a picture from her wedding and cut her face and paste it to the picture. Before Photoshop, they was Photoshopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the thing that I remember just sticking out in my mind was as everybody else got older, she was always the same age. She was just this beautiful lady. You know, and and young, eighteen or right. whatever it might have been, yeah. but she was just this beautiful lady. While the you know, as as the years went by, and they would continue to take family photos, mm-hmm. everybody else was you know getting older and you know and such, balding and and whatnot, and she was still just this beautiful little picture wow. in the corner. Wow. And uh, but because we had no contact with her or with her family or anything, and um, but our perception of of Oregon City, I think that. We didn't talk about it much um, because when it was brought up, we we kind of was embarrassed, I think, because of the situation that our understanding of what really broke the camel's back, that straw that broke the camel's back, was Vern Baldwin. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, and, and he had had a, an adulterous relationship with a young lady out on an evangelistic trip. And uh, anyways, and then whenever it came out, he justified it by saying that, you know, while he was ministering to people, he needed ministered to also, or something. Yeah. And but then the followers, and I don't think it was probably that much different from over here. But we stood on a passage of scripture, and, and forgive me, I don't remember, you know, the the chapter or the verse or something. But it goes something to the effect of this: that that the gifts and callings of God are without. In the King James says, repentance. Anyways, and the way they interpreted that was that when you had received that gift or that calling, it was a lifetime. There was no mm-hmm. way that it could be called back, and, and especially not by man. You know, God could call it back by taking him in death you know, or, you know, causing yeah. him to die or something, but but we as as people couldn't take that away from him because it was God's gift that was given to him. So rather than ask him to step down or remove mm-hmm. himself or anything like that, or even um, church discipline, you know, to the point that, that he would be reconciled to, um, to, to the right. Um, they justified it. Yeah. And, and so I think that was maybe the camel, the the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. And, and so we don't really want to talk about that too much because that would be embarrassing. Right. And so that happened, but, and that's when they left for Oregon city. That yeah. is my understanding. Yes. Wow. So, and,
0: So my great-grandparents were baptized by Vern Baldwin, Okay. and they came to Oregon, followed Walter to Oregon City, uh, and they questioned whether they needed to be baptized over again because of what had happened with Vern Baldwin. And they were counseled that they did not need to be um, because they were told that because the gift of baptism is one of the last ones that Uh, You you keep that one the longest, regardless
2: of whatever uh, sin might have occurred. Yeah,
0: and I, yeah. So anyway, that's there is that connection. My mother
2: also was baptized by Vern Baldwin, Mm -hmm. and and the the kind of the scene, if I was to to create a scene there, was at the end of the meeting, they would always, as we stood to be dismissed, they would sing a song, "Why do you tarry? Why do you wait? Mm -hmm. Such like that, and." Anyways, and then anybody who felt drawn, as they would call it, and it was the drawn that, and I, and I was there and witnessed this, that, that it was kind of a, a supernatural thing. And I recall one older brother um, giving a description of it to the other people young. He said that he was standing there, they were singing that song, and, um, and he was thinking about what are we going to do after church? You know, are we going to go to the park? Are we going to do this or that? So his mind was completely, you know, away from heaven and heavenly things. But he said all of a sudden he just looked down and he noticed that he was walking. Like it was unbeknownst to him that he was walking, that his feet was just walking him up to the, you know, up the aisle. And he was just thinking like, no, I'm not ready for this. And his very comment was, I still have oats to sow in uh, And I don't think he particularly meant that like, you know, chasing women or anything like that. He wasn't ready to settle down. He still had a party attitude and he knew, and he knew this and he uh, testified to this. My aunt would say the exact same thing that as she was going up there, she said to herself, okay, now, now I have to turn my life around and I have to live to the Lord. No more living to myself or anything like that. And, um. Anyway, so that calling that we would say, you know, you first have to be called was this supernatural thing that um, it might cause you to just to break out weeping. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, people would go to the altar like they didn't even know what they was doing.
1: Yeah. Now that's for just anybody. (laughs) That's not the calling you're talking about being a cold man, like no burn Baldwin. No, that's without repentance. Right. Is that what you're saying? I'm not talking about that. No, two separate things. Right. That was that
2: I I thought you were, I just want to make sure. No man can come to the father, except I said that backwards. No man can come to the son, except the father draw him. Mm -hmm. And so that was that drawing. You had to have that. It wasn't just like I've made a decision to follow Christ and therefore, you know, my life and my heart belong to him, and I want to, in obedience, be baptized.
0: Yeah. You're yeah.
2: talking about the call to baptism. The call to baptism, yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, right. We started
1: talking about yeah. the call, Vern Baldwin's call. Yeah. Yes. couldn't be yeah. taken away from him. Yeah. Sure.
2: Even if he's got into mischief. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. the perception of Oregon City was, was vague, maybe to say the least. You know, we would hear stuff back over the mountain say like, why they hold dances in their church house. Yes, we do. And, and to us, we, we, was, we maybe leaned toward b- the Baptist there, you know, no dancing type <laughs> of thing. You ba- didn't dance? Never danced. Okay. Um, it was seen as sensual, provocative, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And uh, it was just, it was an unwritten rule. Sure. You know, it wasn't as if we had this list of rules that said no dancing. It just did not happen. Yeah. And it was reported to us as children growing up as if you guys were doing something very bad because mm-hmm. he was dancing. And, right. Uh, anyways, that probably is about the the biggest thing that we ever heard. You know. <laughs> <in> I'm
1: sorry, <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing we ever heard about Oregon City is they have dances in their yeah. church. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not a very big deal there, Oregon no, City. I'll say that, right, Mark? That's Idaho so nice. was
0: much more notorious to Oregon City than yeah. Oregon City was. And so, so you, had, you had more than that on them. Well, yeah. Well, not in detail. I just oh, okay. I was just raised knowing that Idaho was bad, and they were bad because they chose not to follow Walter. That's why they were bad. Okay. I There was nothing specific um, that I can remember. Probably if you'd seen them what,
2: dance, you'd thought they were bad yeah, dancers too. Yeah, probably right. they yeah. don't
0: dance. Yeah.
2: Or, or at least we don't do it well. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. But um, <laughs> anyways, but yeah, so we didn't have just a, a large perception. We knew you was there. Um, my family in particular wound up uh, finding out more about it after that my dad had kind of moved away from the mainstream follower ideas. Um, he, he began to look for other churches. And mm-hmm. uh, as far as he began to look to other churches and went to several in Oklahoma and in Missouri and in Indiana, um, he came over here. Um, he had kind of a new message that wasn't before heard in the follower church. Um, daddy was very conservative person. Um, anyways. And so basically he, he went around calling people back to the, you know, the true follower mm. type thing with a few of his other parts added in. And, uh, so in his journeys and his travels, he came over here to Idaho and, uh, and there was a bit of commotion there.
0: Over here to Oregon City. I said mean? Idaho, I'm sorry. That's all right. To Oregon
2: City. I actually remember him coming. Okay.
0: I, I was young. What? But I remember oh, Cedric cool. Eels yes. coming. Yes, and
2: yeah. uh, anyways, um, and so then he came home, told us you know, what his um, experience was over here. I think he he talked quite a lot with Glenford Lee mm-hmm. in that process, and, but he made a friend by the name of Gene Mauser. Mm. And, uh, and Gene, I think, was not, as you called it, not in the middle of the circle. He was
0: certainly not in the middle right. of the circle. And
2: yeah. so they kind of formed a friendship. And then there began, you know, back and forth. You know, some of my family came out here to Oregon City. So, and they came and visited us at least once a year, I think, in, in Idaho. Um, ultimately then, as time went on, um, the, Gene Mauser's youngest daughter, Elena, daddy mm. baptized her. Mm. And then a few years later, he baptized also Regina. Okay. And uh, anyways, and so in that time period, um, I had met Gene. I liked Gene a lot. He was very personable. He was just a fun guy to be around. And uh, so I came over here. um, I think it had been around 92 or 93, somewhere in there, and attended a a meeting on Thursday night. And Mm. uh, we was here visiting with Gene and Charlotte. And wanted to just go and ex- see what it was about, you know, type of a thing. And Can so, I interrupt we, you here.
1: Yes, was your would you was your dad a called man then? If he's baptizing people,
2: no, and that's why I said he kind of moved away from the mainstream follower idea. He had kind of got connected a, around that same time with some of the Church of the Firstborn, okay. which I was telling Mark earlier that I'm kind of surprised that Marshall maybe didn't touch on that a little bit with his history of the followers. But somewhere maybe back around the beginning or before, the, before, actually, it would have been the Second World War. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the late 30s, somewhere in there, there was a division in the church that kind of started out with, there was women in the church that began to speak in tongues and prophesy and, and really started kind of controlling the church through their prophecies and such like that. And so one group of the people said, you know, no, the women are commanded to be silent in the churches. And and the others saying, well, if Sister Susie is truly being moved by the Holy Spirit, and we know that it is truly the Holy Spirit because these things that they're telling us are coming to pass, you know, they're they're right on mar- on the target, and so we know that it's the Holy Spirit truly working, mm-hmm. and um, and so they they said we can't go against God in this, and so that caused a division, and and so the the one went to the right, the other to the left, the one took the name. Um, the General Assembly and Church of the Firstborn. The and conservative one, or the one to went to the right did? Well, well or whatever. yeah, one, one to one side not and the, the followers, other. The
1: other one the followers.
2: Right. So they, at that time, they would have both been followers. Oh, okay. Right. But there was this division as to whether the women were allowed to speak or not.
0: The, the follower, the ones who remained followers would have probably been on the side that women were not to speak. They said they were to be silent yeah.
2: in the church. Yeah. So then... Sometime after that, at the beginning of World War II, a church could, could file with the, the government a, like a conscientious objection to, to, okay, right. to mm-hmm. fighting. Mm-hmm. And so you could go as a noncombatant then if your church signed for you. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so when they submitted their, their application to the government, they submitted it as the true followers of Christ. And anyways, and their return reply from the government was, is that that is not actually a name. That's something that people would aspire to. And so it wasn't a name. They said, you're going to have to resubmit with an actual name. And so they just, you know, from the scriptures then, you know, they are the General Assembly and Church of the Firstborn. And, uh, and so that's where the two, the names actually split, but they had already split as a gotcha. people before yeah. that.
1: How cool is that that the government recognized yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's what hey, you need to be would. a true follower of Christ. Right? Yeah, in order <laughs> and to, to use a, and this, that's a real thing, and you should aspire to it. That,
2: yeah, yeah. To, to be told by the government that right. that's the case—that's pretty good. I'm not sure our yeah. government would tell us that today. Probably <laughs> not. But, anyways, and so I, I wondered if maybe Marshall might um, come back with some of that, and just, mm-hmm. but so we had a very similar, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we all came from the same place, and that's whenever Marshall gave the history of, you know. If, few weeks back is when I listened to it. Mm -hmm. He talked about, and there was some question brought up was like, did some of the apostles just ordain others rather than have this, you know, prophetic calling or a dream or a vision or somebody just walk out of the woods Mm -hmm. type of a thing? Was there a time that they was just ordaining? And uh, anyways, in some of his notes there, I felt like kind of alluded to that, Mm -hmm. that that possibly was the case in uh, anyways and that's what the the uh, church of the firstborn they would ordain or appoint people and then so they could you, keep leadership in yeah, place yeah you'd have that perpetuality yeah. of of leaders yeah that so, makes some sense i would yeah.
1: say yeah. so your dad went back then and got connected somehow
2: with them and that's <laughs> as how he was he could looking then you balance. know spreading his message he come across these people and gotcha. then he in turn then said okay I've been baptized so I have the holy spirit the you know the 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 laborer must first be partaker of the vine okay. that's what he used and he had been you know he had been baptized he had had the hands laid on him for the reception of the holy spirit hmm. and so therefore he was qualified no, hardly nobody accepted that, obviously, in the follower church. It just went way against right. everything that okay. we knew. That, what sounded to me, from what I know, it sounded right. like it would have.
1: That's why I asked. And yeah. so right. there
2: was a lot of my siblings that daddy also baptized them. Um, and a word of praise here is some of them have now truly been baptized into Christ. Oh, mm. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, cool. uh, that's great. Anyways, but so, so yes, our perception, and we kind of got off track there, yeah. uh, was we didn't know that much about you to really have a, a perception one way or the other.
0: Okay. But good. So what are what would you say you've listened to me tell about the Oregon City followers on here. Tell me a little bit just about some of the differences and some of the similarities. What what have you heard me talk about that you relate to or that you think, no, this is totally different in Idaho?
2: Yeah, I like how you interject that little bit because I've been known to be a little long winded, so maybe totally. that would kind of keep me <laughs> held down. Um, the similarities, obviously, um, you know, we had we had the same ideology. Um, you know, we were God's people and only. You know, there was no there was no others. It was you belonged to the followers or you was on the outside. You was the world. Even though I remember hearing people pray, and I think myself also, that, you know, Lord, bless your people wherever you have a people. And, but we didn't really believe that, but we just felt like that was a good thing to pray. You know, (laughs)
0: it's very gracious of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. However,
2: we wouldn't accept them, you know, but, um, but yeah, so everybody who is not. A follower was the world, and I think you've
1: that's pretty similar. Testified yeah, like to that
2: yeah. yep. to that same thing. We had the same ideologies. Um, you know, baptismal regeneration. We did not believe in the deity of Christ or the or the Trinity. You know, it was Jesus truly was the Son of God. He came forth from God, and 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 God. This is the way my dad explained it to me. Um, he said that in creation the lord then had gathered everything that was that was beautiful and everything that was right and everything that was good and he brought it together and from himself because that's where the you know the fountain of all good comes from was the father and so from himself he formed or created jesus and uh, and so that was his his uh, theology, I guess.
1: And that, so the church of the firstborn, Jesus was firstborn, but I mean, that's not, that's a different group, but. Right. Same idea. And then,
2: so would you say that
1: same thing doctrinally that Jesus wasn't God and all that?
0: Somebody, somebody at followers might say that. I would say that you are already way past any thinking about where Jesus originated or anything like that—it just wasn't thought about by me. I, it wasn't that I didn't believe in the Trinity; I didn't know that anybody even talked about something called the Trinity. So I—I I believed that Jesus was the Son of God, and that's as far as I went with it. You I didn't did think not, there
1: were—you didn't even think there were other things to think about no, about Jesus.
0: No, no, oh, I, interesting. I,
2: Thought. No wonder I never thought about you.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I, I guess we'll tally that into the differences, yeah, yeah, instead yeah, yeah. of the yeah. similarities. That's a big one. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I think you guys held to the you know to the idea that in, you know as baptismal regeneration that you couldn't really become part of the faith except later we had to adjust because of the times. But it was early in my life. It was by baptism. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't even just only that you was baptized, but that the right men then, as Peter and John went up into Samaria, where Philip was preaching, and it says that Simon, seeing that the, that the Holy Spirit was given, you know, by the laying on of the apostles' hands. Mm-hmm, okay? yeah. So it had to be somebody with that authority to do that, even though that you went and got baptized, if nobody was there to lay the hands on you, it would have, you just took a bath, you know, type Mm -hmm. of a thing. And so this was a a very, very necessary thing. It was part of that, you know, 12 step step program of becoming a a true believer Mm -hmm. in anyways. But so we, I think we shared that in common, you know, it was, it was through baptism. Um, I believe we shared somewhat of the same charismatic um, feelings, you know, I would say kind of the gifts and, and such like that. Um, Obviously, with uh, faith healing, you know, yeah. that would have been seen as, as one of them gifts or signs. Um, but, but even beyond that, it was a lot about feelings. Yeah. And, and so I had spoken the name earlier about Donnie Baldwin. He was the last remaining preacher at Followers Idaho completely. Okay, and and he even went over the mountain into Grant's Pass, which was always seen as by the Idaho people as just the den of all iniquity. Right, you know, was in Grant's Pass. Everyone kind of agreed on that. That's a similarity with our And (laughs) uh, and that was that was a big uh, a big thing with a lot of the people, you know, because the you know they just wasn't good people, though they had our name, they had. They had kind of got tied in with that Church of the Firstborn a little bit too. There was two churches that was very close Grants Pass in that area, and they kind of went back and forth and mm. you know mingled and, and such like that. So they was um, seen as as tainted, you yeah. know, with that. Um, even one of the people that was originally ordained in the Church of the Firstborn, he wound up marrying into um, the the Grants Pass followers. And was their elder, you know, mm-hmm. for years, and uh, but his his ordaining came out of that, you know, the the firstborn. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so that would part of the reason that they're yeah uh, trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah, gotcha. Okay. But um, so this Donnie Baldwin, um, he was he was more of a reserved person, um, quieter, didn't have that just that fire and brimstone, you know, preaching attitude. Excuse me. The attitude of that—he um, was just more, yeah, pastoral, hmm. and and consequently, then the people would say, "Well, I've never felt the spirit with Donnie Baldwin at all, right?" Because again, we're we're basing it on our feelings or mm-hmm. such like that, mm-hmm. and uh, I've just never felt the spirit with him. And anyways, and then and then we had already adopted uh, Delbert Cunningham was really our. They would not like this to be said, but God and King, kind of like Walter was to you guys. Mm. You know, what Delbert said was was what we did. Okay. And uh, um, when my mother was baptized, I spoke of that earlier that uh, Vern Baldwin had baptized her. And at that time, most everybody was accepting of Delbert Cunningham at that time. But then with Vern's background and the mess that was was with Vern they kind of stayed away from him. But when mama went up to the to the altar to give in her hand, um, they said, who do you want to baptize you? And she said, um, I guess I don't care. And Delbert already had a handful of people that he was gonna baptize because they had chosen him. And so, you know, whenever she said, I don't really care, they said, okay, stand over here by Vern. And so Vern is the one that baptized her. And later in life that caused some struggle for her because like, did I really get it? Wow. You know, wow. Because based on Vern Baldwin.
1: That's, and, yeah. I mean, that's
2: a rough thing to have to second guess, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, anyways, and so the, the people that I was closely associated with at the late Church, there was a group of them that was very conservative, uh, very pharmaceutical. They was we, was we were really righteous people in our own eyes. And yeah. uh, anyways, but um, they all rejected him. As, as having a true calling. And so, so really in 1976, for us that was in that, that group, um, that's when the baptism ended, was in 1976. So just and what, what happened that, then? That's when he died? In Is 1976, what? this Delbert Cunningham that we all uh-huh. accepted, he died. So how many
1: people were in this group that you're talking about in Lake Church?
2: Well, there was not that many families, but you have to remember in Idaho, um, we multiply like rabbits, <laughs> okay? Um, I am one of 15 children. My wife is one of 16 children. Um, there was families with as many as 18 children, and, and these were them conservative people that I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. They didn't, um, it was another thing that you guys, I, you know, whenever I come over here, I was just kind of blown away that you guys would openly even speak about. Uh, birth control, <laughs> right? Just as we trusted God. You don't know me very well because I've never openly spoken Right, that. goes I mean, um, along with dancing, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Different ones that I have talked to over here, right. you know, they would sure. just plainly say like, you know, we decided to have two children, oh, you know, sure. or such like that. And uh, um, even the people that might have dabbled in it, they would not have announced that at all because then they would have seen as not trusting God. Mm-hmm. And so just as we didn't go to doctors... Sure. And we said, because of faith, we trust God that he would heal us, that he would take care of us and such like that. So we said, well, God is, is Lord of conception also. Mm-hmm. And so whatever happens, happens. You know, we did, though we were very Armenian, we did say God is sovereign in all things. And so he was sovereign in our health. He was sovereign in our recovery of sicknesses. He was also so, you know, sovereign in, in conception. mm mm-hmm. And so we didn't want to try to thwart God's hand. So there weren't that many families, but it was
0: still a large number of people is what yes. you're saying. So
2: there would have been the Eels family, and, and not all of the Eels family was in this group. There would have been a, a family by the name of Shippy
0: mm-hmm. that
2: they came there to Idaho maybe in the early 1950s. And there was a family by the name of Bowers. Okay. There was a Seavey. Yeah. There was Anderson. Um, and, a, and, a, and a family by the name of Kangas. And and so did I roughly name seven families there. I think so. Okay. But if everybody is having fifteen children, <laughs> right? That's actually a pretty big number already. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and If and, there's any grandchildren and all there that, was right? many, so, many
1: grandchildren. So you're yeah. probably in the 200
2: area, least, so yeah. like two hundred, at least, yeah, two three hundred. And uh, anyway, since so, my generation then was was the first generation without baptism, because mm-hmm. we had rejected Donnie Baldwin as being a true. A pastor,
1: well, of of all the similarities, I mean, I can see having similar roots and everything, but to, but in both places to have baptism end because yeah. the last apostle died. Yes, I mean, within years of each other, that is seems really unusual to me. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the similarities are that close is really yeah.
2: something. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, so so. You know, we, we was all involved in them, same wow. ideas or ideology as far as not everyone, like I was talking about large families or such like that, but um, just the different faith healing, the called man thing, um, greeting with the kiss. Mm-hmm. You've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was a must thing to do. in uh, at the Boise church, as the population began to grow around Boise and they started building subdivisions right around the church, it originally was just in the, yeah. in a field, But then all these subdivisions. Well, they even actually built these big, tall earthen mound or you know uh, berms berms around the church because that they didn't want the people seeing them kissing one another. Right. And so mostly they confined it to inside the building, but just in case they was outside the building, they didn't want people to really see that because it's such an oddity. Men kiss today. It's not. I'm sorry, but men kissing men, women kissing women, and and it was they thought it would be perceived as something wrong. And so they, they built a big earthen berms around the church just to reduce that visibility thing. Interesting. And, but, <laughs> but, you know, we, we, yeah, we was the same there. We did the, um, you know, the actual physical uh, washing of feet.
0: You did do that? Yes. Yeah.
2: And the only time that it was ever done was after somebody was baptized mm-hmm. because that was one of the 12 steps, You um, you had to, you had to have your feet physically washed because, and then you had to wash your brother's feet with the idea that Jesus says to Peter, if I wash you not, you have no part with me. And so that was a, a, a absolute. And so, but one time in your life.
1: Yes. Yes. One time in your life you do a foot washing. Did they do that in Oregon city?
0: Yes. Foot washing was, was part of it. I don't know if it was, um, I, I think I I don't know the details of it. If So okay. maybe
2: I would back you up there. Not one time in your life, but at that beginning of your new life. And then each time that there was a Sunday that people would be baptized, you would participate in that again. Oh, every, then everybody yeah. who'd been baptized would also. wash one another's feet. Gotcha. Um, okay. Anyways, and there was kind of like a reception line for those that newly mm-hmm. was baptized mm-hmm. to come by, and everybody greeted them with a kiss, and, and they... You know, they shared in the washing of each other's feet. You know, they had the basin of water and the towel that needed to be tied and done yep. just right. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, and then they would, you would wash the person's feet to your right. Okay. And just, you know, they would just sit on the, on the pews, the women in the back facing the other way, the men forward just for decency's sake. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, and then at that same time, they would take communion and, and that was that ritual, one of the 12 steps of you must have this um, performed or, or be involved with in order to be part of the church.
1: So you've mentioned 12 steps. I've never heard this from Mark. Um, it's kind of my thing. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. not, it's not the way, that's the way you express it. It's not the way the yes. church expressed it.
2: Right. Okay, and, then. But the church would have agreed with it at the time that first and foremost, there had to be this called man, rightly called. He had to be preaching. And through the preaching of the word, your heart then was pricked or, or moved. And then you had to have at the same time this, this spiritual awakening or this supernatural drawing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you went up and then the next step would have been you had to have baptism. It had to be a complete submersion. You know, it could mm-hmm. not be altered there. Mm-hmm. And then after the baptism, they would, the, the right men would then lay their hands on you. And and pray that you might receive the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and then from there we would go back to the church in uh, in an evening service, and it was there then that you would participate in the foot washing. It was there that you would take communion. These were things that had to happen, and it was there that you would, for the first time, greet one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then after that, the you know the communion part, or kind of when the communion was kind of going on, or the foot washing was going on, people would be standing up. And we would call it testifying, but Mm -hmm. it really was testifying to nothing, you know, but I just remember the statement. They would say that there's just no odd in my heart for anybody here. Everybody that I see just looks beautiful. And, you know, and if there's anybody that has any odd against me, please come to me and tell me, you know, and such like that. And you was required to have participated in that testifying. And uh, Mm. anyways, and then the last and final step was now keep yourself... You know, in the way. Okay. And uh, anyways, and so so that's why I called it the twelve steps. It gotcha. wasn't that there was a written thing, but just these okay. are the things that have to happen. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it it's not right. Well, clearly you've been in it a while, so you can yourself, yeah. you know, make construct that list if nothing else. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. sounds well, like you were. Anyway, so it's, it's, I think it's time to move on from that similarities. Yeah. Right? So I, many things. Well, I have.
0: Yeah. One one thing I was. Wondering about is this did end in 1976 the the baptism part for this
2: and, one particular group of the followers the okay. rest of them were still receiving baptism through Donnie Baldwin right who they did accept as a true um,
0: leader so when that happened did your one group in your minds did you become the one right church then the others were doing it wrong you were you were doing it right
2: um, I don't know if we. If we consciously went there, okay, um, it was assumed that those who were baptized were really by Donnie Baldwin. They weren't any different than the me because I hadn't been baptized either, and so we just disallowed that, um, you know. But the people that were baptized, they they thought they were baptized, and they would, you know, participate in all the church things, you know, testifying and and such like that.
0: So let me ask you then, when when there became this. Division within the church of people who this separation I should say there there are people now who are baptized and people who are adults and are not baptized were you before it was you got baptized before you did all these other things yes did you then still greet with a kiss did you take part in any
2: only if you was
0: baptized only if you were baptized um,
2: we had our singing even, and you know, our worship time was a little different than yours. We didn't have the piano. It was always a cappella. Okay. And it was it was Ooh. hymns by choice. So we had a book. And and so just individuals said, let's sing number 32. And, mm. uh, and then if they was, you know, if they was a, a person who had a strong singing voice, they would lead it out. And if not, they would ask somebody who was to lead. And so you wasn't allowed to do any of these things. And there was even even the the more liberal side that did accept Donnie Baldwin, but they would say you're not even allowed actually to pray, right? Because it did go no farther than the top of your head, right? Because only those that are in Christ and, you know, are those that Christ hears and answers in. Um, that wasn't in the group that I was in. in okay.
0: The, but. Did, did they use the term in Christ?
2: No, they said in the faith. In the faith. In okay. the faith. Okay. Yeah. Christ wasn't mentioned just as you, you know, you talked about. Okay. He, he was mentioned, obviously, but not in that, um, like I would today, you know, when I yeah. really speak of my Lord, yeah. you know, and, and it's it much different, much different. Yes. Yeah.
0: But, um, well, Lauren, I have a lot more questions for you. <laughs> so would you... Uh, would you come back and let us ask you some more questions? I would, I would
2: love to be grilled some more. All right.
0: Sound good, I, Scott?
1: That does sound good, because there is,
0: there is more, I'm sure. There is. <laughs> well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onewrightchurch.com.